0: Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I'm Benedict, and I'm feeling calm.
1: I'm Benedicta. Today is March 1st. This is episode 129, and I am also feeling calm.
0: Which is a surprise to me, even uh, like was just talking about this uh, earlier like for some reason I'm calm I have a feeling I shouldn't be <laughs> and it wasn't for most of last week and the last couple of days but at this very moment I'm quite calm
1: <laughs> yeah and I went on a vacation in the uh, I want to say mountains but it was the the woods outside of Oslo last week and I got that like really serene you know winter wonderland kind of feeling And it stayed with me. And as we spoke a little bit asynchronously a couple of days ago, it was the right week to be somewhere where you couldn't really watch the news all the time because there was only solar panels. So our cell phones kind of ran out of batteries pretty fast and we just had to enjoy nature, which had a very calming effect on me and, I'm still there and like working. Should I work? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what what <laughs> Let's do I go actually? Back there. <laughs> I'm a little bit like, what do I actually do? Like, what I tried to look over my notes of what I've been doing the week before the the vacation, and yeah, it says that I did quite a bit on Pow. It was fun. I'm not really sure <laughs> what I did, but obviously, I was <laughs> pleased.
0: <laughs> well, that's at least something, right?
1: That is something. So what have you been up to?
0: Yeah. uh, I don't know. Times are weird. Um, As I said, like right now, I'm feeling calm. I just came back from a walk outside in the sun uh, through the woods. That was kind of nice. And I feel like that kind of calmed me down a little bit. Because the last couple of days, man, anxiety has been... My prime like anxious has been my primary feeling for the most part. Um with all that's happening in U- Ukraine and the war, it's it's just super terrible. And I find myself doom scrolling on Twitter and the news more than I probably should. Um and like every morning when I when I wake up I I basically dread looking at my phone and like reading any any posts about anything because I'm always like what horrible thing happened this night? um and as stupid as it sounds, but some some mornings, I was relieved that it didn't get that much worse, but it's already worse, like super worse, so what I mean? don't want to say what what could possibly be worse than this but i mean there are still endless possibilities of how how this could be worse so yeah let's not jinx spec- it.
1: let's not speculate <laughs> we this is i guess not our real house we're pretty good at algorithms and coding but geopolitical
0: <laughs> yeah interests yeah. are
1: not it's not my specialty and as i said since i was <laughs> I, I've been quite a lot on Twitter. I felt like after Christmas, I think it was a little bit uh, a lot of stuff happens in our family during Christmas and January, so I kind of got a little attached to attached to my phone. So I think it was really good that, as I said last week, I didn't have that access because it kind of weaned me off off it a little bit last mm-hmm. week. So and then coming back into town, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep having like less phone time and as we said this is the correct time to have less phone yeah. time yeah totally uh because there's little you can do right at least doom scrolling doesn't help your mental health or anyone else really
0: very true uh it's still hard to stay away from it unfortunately for me at least right now um and I, honestly it started le- tuesday last week um I made a mistake and uh, opened my phone before going to bed and read that, like, um, they're basically planning to uh, send troops into, like, the, the eastern regions of Ukraine. And that got my mind spinning for the entire night uh, because I was, like, just not sure what that's going to mean. Um, um, and, yeah, I don't know. That was It was a horrible night. I didn't sleep. I maybe slept like three hours or so. So I was wasted the Tuesday after that.
1: <laughs> um, and that's when we had the early morning interview and I had not done what yes. you had done, but I hadn't slept either. So both of us are like trying to ask Marie questions. <laughs> and it's, not, it's not coming out of our mouths the way we intended to every now and then, because it was like, yes, okay, my brain is just not functioning today. But, um, But yeah. Have you done anything work wise? Though we've kind of established that I have done nothing. Deals and <laughs> nothing. <laughs> well, I did go skiing. I played with my child. Um, I, you know, hung out with family. So, like, I've done things, but it hasn't moved the needle. Like all fun on Any of yeah. my business business metrics, I would say.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so. Yeah, after worrying on Tuesday, um we did get some work 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 done, but like most of last week was basically trying to figure out how to deal with all of this because as it stands now, we are directly affected by sanctions that are happening. Um and we had to figure out how to deal with that and what that might look like. So um
1: you wanna elaborate yeah, like, on that for the people who don't know?
0: I will elaborate a little bit on that. Um, so, uh, as some of you might know and some maybe don't, but my co founder is from Russia and living in Russia. Um, and with the current sanctions and basically kicking Russia out of uh, the SWIFT messaging system, we're not able to pay her anymore. Um, so, yeah, we knew this was a possibility. So, last week we basically paid her two months in advance. To at least delay, <laughs> delay that like figuring out a proper solution for this. Um, until then, um, but I'm still not entirely sure how we how we manage to do that. And we talked about a couple of possibilities, including like her basically pausing work on useless for a while. But who knows? I mean, for the next two months, we're good. Um, but it's tricky. Um, I'm not saying that sanctions are wrong or anything. It's just like something we have to deal with just because that's the nature of things right now. Mm. Um, So last week we didn't get a lot of other stuff done. Um, I tried to get into deeper work to get like um, basically distract myself from stuff, but it only happened so, so often. Um, But uh, the week before that was quite productive. Um, For example, we finally published our new terms of services and privacy policy and uh, data process- processing agreements that are required for GDPR. We had stuff like this in place, uh, but it wasn't quite up to date. Um, it didn't have like the standard contractual clauses and stuff like that in there. And some customers were starting to ask for it. So at uh, I think it was in f- September, October of last year we started basically Getting in touch with a lawyer and like getting them to yeah. review, like review everything, adjust it and change it. And we had a couple of calls. And holy shit, this was expensive. Like we <laughs> spent all, a little over ten k on this, like just getting the paperwork into a good shape again um, and up to speed. And yes, maybe the lawyer was quite expensive as well. Maybe we could have done it cheaper. But, I mean, that's how it is. That's how it turned out. Um, and the sad thing is, I don't know if you, if you re- followed the news on that, but basically the week where we wrapped up the work with the lawyers, uh, there was a new ruling in Austria that basically said, like, all of the stuff we're doing right now is bullshit anyways. <laughs> yep. So now we have the new legal paperwork in place, but there's still this open question of, but now like it's probably it will probably need a an overhaul sometime soon again um so it kind of feels like the money went down the toilet um
1: <laughs> because you're storing data in the us is that why or
0: yeah and we are also a u.s company mm-hmm. and uh, servers are run on uh, on heroku which is a, a, a u.s company which then uses Amazon, which is a US company, so no matter how you spin it, it's always a US company involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a lawyer on anything uh, like that, but the way I, I interpret the new ruling, it sounds like whenever a US company is involved in any of it, like s- somehow like having access to personal data in um, of European customers, it's basically not okay. Um, So I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I kind of gathered as well. And I think for like, as long as you're like a very small company, you can like feel like they're not gonna come out after you, even though they could, of course, but since the fines are very much based on your earnings, I think we'll see more of these larger, Kind of cases yeah. coming coming forth where they can actually get paid for the work they've done <laughs> in and trying to yeah. um, investigate, but I think it's going to be interesting to see because I am definitely, I'm definitely kind of pro the thought behind it. Like I understand why we don't want to store too much data, you know, in in the US. <clears throat> But it's going to be really hard to run internet businesses if (laughs) that is everything. Like, there needs, and I think a lot of these lawmakers, they're not, they don't understand technology as well, maybe, as they should. Because one thing is like having a Google script in there that like tracks everything and it's like added to the kind of Google machinery that has tons of data on you from like a million other places as well. But having, you know, just um, some kind of statistics or saving user data and letting people know that we're actually saving this in another country. Do you still want to be a customer? Like those are different. Those are kind yeah. of different use cases. Cause it's a little bit about like how sneaky is it and how and how much yeah. is it. But um, I mean, I'm definitely That's in this with, wheelhouse with POW because I encrypt everything, totally, but yeah. it's stored on Amazon servers but it's yeah but it's all encrypted except for the user data because you're i mean even in Norway you're you're not allowed to delete billing information like if I've ever billed someone I need to have that information about the the invoice for i guess 10 years or something for accounting purposes mm-hmm. so yeah. I can't just delete that and it's going to be weird like when you use stripe stripe is also data in the US So how are you supposed to bill people if you can't save data on them or at least that data? Well, so it it gets tricky really fast. But I'm also happy that there's more people are starting to ask questions and people are getting more interested and more concerned about the amount of data being stored on them.
0: Totally. Like, you know, overall, I agree with most of what the regulations are trying to do. It's just like in the detail, like in how to execute on that and how to do it, it gets gets tricky. And I think, I mean, there might be still the thing of like as long as you have consent from everyone that the data is transferred into the US, I guess it's fine. But how do you, like we as user we can... We can only hope that all of our customers <laughs> are being open with their customers about the fact that they are then sending data to userless, which then is using uh, uh storing data in the US. So it gets a little bit tricky. And while I'm not exactly worried about that we are breaking the law, it's still it's still tricky for like if you look at the entire chain of responsibilities from A a consumer somewhere, not knowingly opting into something, Um, and then the entire chain of whoever is touching that data until it's on a hard drive somewhere in some data center. Um, So, anyways, that's. I mean, at least I'm glad we finally managed (laughs) to to wrap up the process and have new documents in place and let our customers know. And the couple of customers who requested like that, we update that stuff. Are happy. And hopefully new customers are happy as well. So, um, yeah, glad we finally finished that project because it took a long while and wasn't... Like of all the projects in UserList that we have to do, like legal paperwork is usually the least fun thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You feel like it's below or above accounting?
0: Uh, Below accounting, for sure. Like I actually... I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying I'm enjoying accounting, but at least accounting gives you numbers and logic, and like it follows very strict rules. That where there's not a lot of interpretation. Whereas like the privacy policy stuff, like every sentence you read, you're like, yeah, this could like literally mean like five different things. And what about this edge case and that edge case? That's not really covered, is it? <laughs> And um, I guess that's also why our bill with the lawyers was that ex- was that much because we spent a couple of hours with them, like going back and forth and like clarifying, like is it supposed to be this way? Is it supposed to be that way? What are you actually doing? And what does that actually mean? Does how how does this apply and stuff like that? So yeah, it's definitely worse than accounting, at least in my books.
1: Yeah. But I feel like a lot of these things that I've learned with regulatory things over the years is, is that what you need is that you need kind of the paper trail. You need to say, we have interpreted this way and kind of give your case and document like you have done now. And then some people can come along and say, well, we disagree. And then there's a case. But like, as long as you have really documented and also that you can trace all the information you store, like you you on your side kind of have control then it's less likely that you will get into trouble instead of, you know, if somebody came and, and we're like, well, so where is it stored? And it's like, oh, we don't really know. There might be some servers <laughs> somewhere. Like, well, but going through everything, now you could say, well, it's stored, you know, in this way. Um we have kind of the paper trail, we've documented it. And at least you're like in good faith. You're trying to do the best thing. And I think that is like that is helpful. Or I think that's what they are asking for like they're not asking for everyone to interpret it the same way because yeah. that's not how it you know because you can't make that <laughs> abstract syntax tree out of these ruling or these laws because it's as you said there's like five yeah. different ways you couldn't code the parser if you wanted to
0: <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> anyways i hope um, that was helpful yeah. but
1: at least it's the same thing with counting i feel like as long as you kind of have your you've actually made an opinion about why you did it the way you did. And you can like argue for that case. Somebody can disagree and it might be changed, but they're not going to fine you as long as you kind of have, have a reason for what you're doing. (laughs) um, Kind of. Uh -uh.
0: As long as they have a reason and the reason isn't, isn't malicious intent.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. And the reason isn't <laughs> ripping people off.
0: <laughs> I had a very yeah. good reason to transfer that uh, that money into that, uh, that account. I
1: needed it. Much, like, I needed I it. <laughs> I, I really to- wanted to
0: save taxes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just really needed some more money. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not what I meant, but. Anyway, this is also not in my wheelhouse, actually, of expertise, but things you need to learn when you've been in business on your own for, like, 10 years, I think. Yeah, 10 years. No, 11 years. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, that's the the, the least fun part. Well, maybe not the least fun part, but glad that project is over. Um, The other thing that happened kind of unplanned is Jane... Um, is still doing uh, her podcast and the, the better than Perfect podcast. And on one of those shows, she had, um, I think, uh, the product manager or something like that, or Heap Analytics on the show. Um, and they started talking behind the scenes or after the recording a little bit about integrations and stuff like that. And it turned out, um, heaps working on a new integration feature or a new way to integrate with them. Um, And kind of out of the blue, unplanned, and uh, not that we expected it, um, we uh, started a call with them about integrating Heap and uh, UserList. And over the last week, I built an integration that allows you to um, basically synchronize segments that you have in Heap into UserList. So, for example... um, Maybe let me talk a little bit about Heap itself. Um, Heap is a pretty powerful analytics tool. It's kind of feels like it's somewhere in a way. It's like Google Analytics, but like more focused on actual product metrics. So it does track page views and stuff like that. But it also you can also send in custom events in there and track feature usage, and then. Um, <laughs> work with non anonymized data so you get like a good idea of like who that customer is and what they did and you can create segments similar to those you can create in user list but maybe on some in some ways a little bit more advanced because they do they only do like the reporting and analytics part of it and with that new feature it allows you to basically create like super advanced segments in heap and then synchronize them into into user lists so what we built last week was yeah, now have a concept of external segments and um, people can leave and join those segments in the external tool and that will be synchronized into user list. And you can still run all of the automations based on that and view them in the UI. It's just like a segment in user list that we already had, but powered by an external by an external tool. Um and it was kind of an aha moment that we had in that call with Heap. Uh, and it made so much sense because, um, for example, panels, which is like a, a direct competitor of Heap, they have a similar concept. But in the past, I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. Um, but it suddenly made sense. And we're probably just going to do a similar thing with panels sometime soon as well. Anyways, uh, long story short, we built a heap integration. It's going to be f- probably, hopefully, be featured when they launch this new integration type in in April or so. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, it's exciting, and it was a nice, nice small safe contained project um, that's adding a new, a totally new perspective to user list that we hadn't on our radar so far. So kind of cool.
1: You're becoming the integration Um, specialist or like integration hero. Userless can integrate with almost anything now. You just keep on adding integrations.
0: At least incoming stuff is pretty easy right now. And that was one of the goals for at least one of my goals. Um, And maybe even Jane. Yeah, I think we we kind of deliberately agreed (laughs) on integrations is like one of the key things you want to work on this year. Mm-hmm. also because it's a good it's a good marketing channel because we build relationship with relationships with all those integration partners and hopefully like we get get backlinks co-marketing opportunities and stuff like that um and i'm excited that we're finally in a place where we can we can bang out more of those integrations um quicker and um I'm going as far as, like, actually writing generators in Rails and uh, in Ember. So we can, like, relatively quickly just generate new integrations by doing, like, Rails generate integration heap. And we'll add the necessary files and configuration options right away. Um, So it's kind of cool. Yeah, Uh, that's that part. Um, For this week... I'm, after four years, four and a half years of working on user list, I'm finally working on adding an authorization layer to user list. Um, so right now, of course, it's authenticated. No, not everyone can access everything, but we don't have a concept of user roles or even different features on different plans or any like anything like that. So for the first time... I'm trying to figure out, like, how do we restrict access to certain parts of the application based on either a user role or a plan they are on. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of – it sounds simple, but it's kind of tricky and easy to make a big (laughs) steaming pile of spaghetti. and I'm trying to be super you're not careful in the mood for spaghetti not, uh, <laughs> I'm always in the mood for spaghetti, but not inside my code base. Um, so this week, I'm trying to figure out a good way to to start locking things down and make but still make it make it flexible enough to 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 allow like different use cases and stuff like that and have that play with all the parts in the application because. Sure, like limiting uh, API requests is one thing, but depending on like features that are enabled on your account or restrictions, we also might want to do like stuff in our background processing or not do stuff in the background processing. So the thing we're trying to build right now is kind of touching everything and has to work with everything and just. We have to be able to make sense of everything at all times. So uh it's going to be tricky and um I shied away from this project for the longest time. Uh, <laughs> what uh,
1: is what I is happening like... now that makes you what what is what has happened that made this a priority?
0: Uh <laughs> That sounds like something bad happened, but that's not the case, luckily.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh no, it could be anything. I'm sorry if it was. (laughs) I was trying to formulate it, and there is like, yeah, when you have this like sales call or like business call, you're supposed to like ask that in like a in a very like nice but straightforward manner. But I couldn't remember how it's formulated. (laughs) It's like what what has made this a priority? Like what? Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, I I touched on this a little bit in a a previous episode, I think late last year, is uh, we are looking at introducing different pricing tiers with different features enabled on them. And that kind of requires us to lock down certain parts of the application. Um, And looking into the future, we... Also, might want to, like, as I said, like, have different user roles because right now you log into it, you can into invite more people into your account, but they have full access, and you mm-hmm. don't necessarily want that for all <laughs> of your employees. Um, so, that plays into it. And the third thing that's like a little bit further into the future is um, with all the integrations we are building at some point, I think we should have a public API to allow other people to. Um, to build integrations with user And for that, we kind of want to have like more fine-grained control over scopes that people can access. So uh, while an integration might have access to a certain part of the API, you don't necessarily want them to get all your invoices or billing data or stuff like that. Um, So in the future, this might play into this as well. So, Yeah. Sounds like it's a good time to tackle this now, um, and I have to be really careful to, Well, for one, not break anything, but also to not get carried away by making this too fancy. Like <laughs> so constantly keep reminding that myself that could to never this, happen. To <laughs> solve one problem right now, and not try to anticipate all the future problems and future use cases for this. So. Yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, luck. that's that's basically what's going on or what has been going on. And um, yeah, let's see yeah. what this week brings in terms of like building this authorization monster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it was actually, I think it was around authentication I was working when I was working on POW the week before the vacation. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to look at my note again, what I was doing. <laughs> um yeah. There was something I was doing some organizationing behind the scenes so that we can finally at some point <laughs> in the near future before the summer <laughs> add some features. <laughs> because I felt like, you know, a lot of the foundation foundation wasn't really there. So I would I could work with it as it was but it's like when you get annoyed every time you're going to do something it's like well I can hack around that I can hack around that I can hack around that and then you're like well now I'm spending so much time trying to get this feature going because I have to kind of hack around everything so I and I think I did this like also last time I was working on pow I started on this kind of refactoring and somehow got stuck but, um, yeah, but before the vacation, it seemed like it was working. And if I remember correctly, I wrote down some notes and I did some very tiny changes. So I didn't go for, like, a big thing. I did, like, lots of tiny refactors and actually um, deployed those. So that was a good strategy because sometimes, as you said, one can go a little overboard. it's like, well, I'll just do a little bit over there as well. It's, like, it's similar. And then
0: yeah you know you don't remember
1: it's, what you were doing, and then <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's so easy to like I think that's one of the things I'm struggling with the most when when working on stuff is like like breaking things down into smaller steps and um not trying to do all of the things at once because usually I have a good idea of where I want to go and what I want to have and usually the first the first attempt is usually me trying to solve all of the things in one go and that usually results in a big mess and i don't have a clear understanding of like how things should look like and time and time again stopping what i'm doing and then like just trying to do like the simplest slices one by one, and feeling okay that like the first slice is probably shitty and maybe not even doing the right thing, but it's a little bit closer. And then in the next iteration, get it a little bit closer and closer and a little bit closer. And then at some point, maybe renaming everything and just like moving stuff around. But in the past, and I am sure I will do it in the future, is like I'm trying to do all at once and like. Rename everything and move stuff around and also add new functionality and change old functionality. And that always ends in a mess. And I'm not sure why I'm (laughs) not learning that. (laughs) Why I'm always trying to do it all at once.
1: (laughs) I've started trying to be a little bit more mindful of where I am in the process. Because I think you need those kind of crazy, crazy And if we then call them explorations instead of refactoring, Mm -hmm. where you kind of go everywhere because you're trying to figure out, how am I going to solve this? And you don't have enough information on how to make them small because you're not really sure where you want to go. And you're not like you, you don't have and you need that kind of exploration time, kind of like a research phase. You know, when people write books or papers, like they have this phase where they just like you know, go everywhere and then they kind of take all of that information and then they they um, create an outline and then they start kind of chipping away on their project. But what I think is hard as a developer is that we do, often at least for me, like you do both of those um, types of work in the same tool. Like we do that exploration in our code editor and having google i guess up so we can like google things um and then when we're gonna do our tiny slices it's also in the code editor while if you're a writer like a lot of the research will probably be reading and like gathering things which is like physically different and then you sit down to write while we do both it's harder to be mindful that like i am now in the exploration phase and it's okay and i am now in like doing a paragraph (laughs) mode yeah. Um, and when I am mindful of that, it works really well because then I'm like, okay, I'm all over the place and on a branch and then I just like scrap it or I call it like commit something like whip and then just call it WIP (laughs) and then I have it there if I need to go back to it and then I go and I go into my issue tracker or in GitHub and I like create tiny little issues and then I can like do those and I can do them separately. but sometimes when I'm not mindful, it kind of just, everything gets muddled and then I get discouraged. And then here we are, eight yeah. months later. <laughs> yes, yes, so, yes, um, But I think, yeah, I have to remind myself that as well, that like, okay, it's okay, but like now I'm switching gears and at some point you need to switch gears um, instead of feeling like it's wasteful because we, at least I do it almost every time. So it's something there I need to get the overview but maybe time box it or maybe know that yeah. you're in that phase and not let that drag on into like the proper implementation phase, I guess. So um, I think I would have to go back on my commit messages after this call and see what I actually did that <laughs> week and like remember and make a little plan for my next um, phase of actual implementation. Um, but it felt really good. I remember now it felt really good getting back kind of into it. And I think I'm gonna get a lot of use out of you during the <laughs> next year if we keep on doing this, because um, with POW, which is the Privacy First Menstrual Cycle Journal, for those who don't know that, um, I have thought a lot about having kind of you know tech interested users, you know, kind of like power users, and everything is encrypted, of course, but then letting the user kind of decide themselves on the privacy level and also letting the user, so let's say instead of, um, so data coming out of because I'm thinking more about integration. That's what I was thinking about you. Uh, <laughs> because if we can get the data, I need the data out of the app and kind of into my calendar so that I can plan around my cycle. And I need to see that in my calendar because that's where I have everything else. But instead of then just sending all the data out, like I want to be able to kind of like, add some reminders myself or like name certain times of the um, cycle myself so that it's kind of secret. Like it's not thing that Google or I could make it explicit, but I could also make it secret. It could be an emoji. I don't know. Um, but then getting it out of the application in kind of this like semi secret way that is very much in uh, in the power of the user and then I thought about your Zapier integration. I was like, well, maybe I should just like start with that Zap- because we want to do messaging. <laughs> um, like, I want to get or I want to be able to send other people or my partner, I guess, a message every now and then, depending on like noted like things I set up in my my app. Um, and instead of then starting to to make kind of email myself or I could do that with users, or SMS, I could maybe integrate with Zapier and then have Zapier send an emoji. To Ula at certain, like on day <laughs> 15, every cycle or something like that. So I think I'm going to be able to use some of your expertise in the, <laughs> in the future. And I think that could be like a really, for me, it could be like a really fun technical challenge, but I also think it could differentiate us because all of the other apps are very consumer oriented. Of course, this is also consumer oriented, but they are very much like in their app. Like you have to go into their app app in the kind of app store version of the app and there's and they share the data with everyone but not with the person who actually <laughs> needs the freaking data um so if yeah. we could make it like a cool way of getting the data out and then actually use something like sapier and use something like create a little like calendar feed then people could be very creative about how they use it instead of instead of me guessing how they want to use it like i could have more tech savvy or no coders but like tech savvy people set up their own little bots or their own little systems with with uh so i think that could be super interesting and like and also a differentiator from a lot of the other um our competitors i guess um yeah so if somebody yes i'm very, I'm very and it was actually yeah. in- So back to because we talked a little bit about that on the show last time, like being a developer for too many years is sometimes a hindrance because I was like, well, we can't share this data. I mean, it's private, it's private. Um, And we were talking about how to do notification. It was actually Ula, my partner and and now junior developer, who was like, well, can't they just go in and say, like, I want to send, like, I want to send a message every day 14 and then they can write in the message. It doesn't have to come from the date, like the private data. And I was like, Yes, they could. <laughs> but
0: like, in my
1: <laughs> mind I was like, well, we don't have this data. We don't have this data. And he was like, well, I can generate I could I could do that. Like I can go away. like you can let the user do that. And I was like, yes, you could. Obviously, you could, but 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 that's not how you would do it. <laughs> um so that was a as a good good addition to talk to somebody who's not too much into the into kind of like how we usually do things with with tech or with code. Anyway, that's like, I am getting excited. I'm going to get excited. Next week, Pow is two years old. (laughs) All right, yes. (laughs) Yes. Is it
0: on Tuesday?
1: I think it is. I think it is on our next recording day. So maybe by then then I should have... Yeah, well, maybe I should have some plans and goals and, and stuff by next Tuesday so that I <laughs> know what I'm supposed to work on um, the next year. I feel like things are a little up in the air right now. That's probably why I feel like I haven't done anything, because I have done stuff. It's just like the balls are up in the air. They're not organized and like neatly sorted um, in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Makes sense. but. I guess. I think that's it for me, other than being um, vacation. Oh, I'm going to vacation more. I'm going to be traveling. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to vacation, maybe. I'm going to London to visit my dad and also folks I know from the interwebs. So if you are in London in two weeks, I guess, I'll be in London and I would love to um, hang out, DM me on Twitter. I'm going to I'm going to find a location and then invite people to to hang out in person. And then I'm going to Athens for a little vacation, which is also going to be fabulous. Uh, Hopefully, if not the air, if like, I mean, all all plane travel might close, but. But I'm just going with the flow. We're just not
0: deal with it once it's happened. Dealing with it, super
1: calm. Deal with it when it happens. No, but it feels really weird to just like have plans to travel again. It's really yeah. It's energized me um, and like or like made me happier, I guess, in some way. Um, Yeah, but that's it. Yeah cool
0: then yeah i don't have anything else to add um no. so i guess talk to you next week and see you around the interwebs
1: yes and in london folks and in london <laughs> bye
0: bye